Hello, hello, hello. How is it going, my people? Uh, Ozzy here checking in uh, for the first official episode of Ozzy's Antics. Um, just recently, right before I got a, right before I opened up my laptop and wanted to get this thing going, I got an email from Apple Support saying that my podcast has been approved to be on Apple Podcasts. So once I wrap this up, finish editing it, um, it will be along on SoundCloud, along um, with that, it will be on Apple Podcasts as well. So that's some pretty exciting news. Uh, it would be pretty cool to uh, be able to listen to this on your Apple Podcasts. Just subscribe to it and add it to your normal uh, podcast that you listen to on a daily, on a daily basis, and uh, we'll be good to go. Um, so I wanted to do something uh, for the first episode that just kind of uh, got some involvement with some uh, – I don't want to call them fans just yet, but I guess I'll call them friends, some involvement with some friends. Uh, just uh, sending my own personal questions in um, just to kind of get the uh, the flow of letting people know that I'm, I'm going to be using a lot of my resources to kind of um, bring a lot of knowledge and aspect into this podcast. So I wanted to open it up and uh, open it up and got some pretty good questions. Um Kind of mixture, some sports questions, some food questions, um, just some questions that are uh, out of this world. Uh, as we continue to get going, you'll see some funny questions. You'll see some good ones. Uh, you'll see some sports ones mixed in the mix as well. So um, I guess with that being said, um, we'll kick it off with probably my favorite question that came in. going to be from uh, an old player of mine, um, Noah Crittenden. Uh, this kid here, man, he was a smooth lefty stroke at the point guard position for me. Uh, he was in eighth grade when I had him. Um, definitely was a good leader on the court. Um, I had to hold him back a couple times. I, I remember a game specifically. That <laughs> I think uh, he'll laugh when he hears this back and hears that I'm talking about the story. I think the kid got a technical foul in the semifinal game of the championship. And... Um, and I was I had to pull him and sit him for I believe it was a half if I'm not mistaken. So uh, Noah was a good kid, uh, always has been a good kid. His older brother uh, Nick was a star running back, point guard for the uh, varsity team as well when he was there. Uh, good family, uh, so I miss the Crittenden family for sure, and I miss everybody at WCS. But um, with that being said, his question into me was my top five pluckers wings flavors. Uh, if you guys know me, this one hit me right in the heart. I am a big Pluckers fan. Uh, I will throw Chingossels. I will throw fist of cups with anybody that says Pluckers is not the best wing place. Um, so if you listen to this back and you have a problem with me making that statement, we can talk about it. So my top five Pluckers wing flavors, I will go from five to one. Uh, five being... Um, buffalo medium, there's nothing like it's good, just normal hot wing. So buffalo medium for me, uh, I enjoy the buffalo hot as well, but I, I I can eat more of the medium, so I guess that's why I like that one more. Um, number four would be gold rush. This is more of a sweet kind of flavor. Uh, it's a little sticky on your hands, um, but gold rush is a good flavor if you want to mix it up a bit and get away from the flavors you usually always get at restaurants. But for me at Pluckers, I usually don't stray away from the next three flavors. And I'll kind of explain to you the next three. Baker's Gold, um, it is 
similar to Gold Rush in a sense, but it has more of a kick. Um, kind of a barbecue-y, mustardy with a little bit of uh, pepper flavor in there. Really, really good flavor. Um, my second favorite flavor is going to be Dr. Pepper. Um, n- not only is Dr. Pepper my beverage of choice, um, not at Pluckers, you know, there's some other things that we get to drink at Pluckers sometimes, but uh, wing flavor-wise, Dr. Pepper, uh, rich barbe- barbecue flavor, um, and has has that kick to it as well, so it's almost like a, don't want to say spicy barbecue, but maybe more of like a barbecue with a hint of that little punch that you need. You know, just that little little extra punch you need that you miss in barbecue sometimes, Dr. Pepper has it. And top flavor of all time, put it on everything. And when I say put it on everything, it's because it is a dry rub. It is spicy ranch. Spicy ranch goes on my waffle fries, goes on my fried pickles, goes on my holy macaroni, and it goes on my wings. Um, the wife and I, this is probably our favorite flavor, so whenever we order in bulk, we get, like, extra spicy ranch wings because nobody messes with my spicy ranch wings and nobody messes with her spicy ranch wings. Uh, so, Pluckers, great question to get us started, Noah. Uh, I know that you're going to have a lot of input into this podcast that I kind of talk about, um, so thank you for that. Uh, moving on, um, another former player of mine, Austin Masterson, uh, currently a GA at Midwestern State on the basketball team. Uh, proud of the kid. He's really grown up and uh, flourished and has matured really well. Um, great family over there as well, which saw Falls. I believe his dad, Brian, is a uh, in the police force. So thank you, uh, Brian, for what you do, and uh, miss you guys as well over there. His question to me was, who would be the surprise NBA team in the playoffs right now? Um Great question. Thank you for that because um, it's felt like forever since we've had some actual sports in our lives. Um, So surprise team. It's kind of hard to say. Um, The West was shaping out the last couple weeks were going to be really exciting to watch because from the 8 to the, I would even say 13 range, there was only a six-game difference. and all those teams were kind of jockeying to get to the eighth seed to lose to the Lakers eventually. But just watching that race right there shape up would be really fun to watch because you got you got Portland there at nine, who was two games back of Memphis, who is currently in the eighth seed. And you got Memphis, a team that John Morant, um, literally rookie of the year, in my opinion, in the NBA, John Morant, you'll hear my – extra opinion here in a couple seconds, but um, Portland with Dame Lillard and uh, CJ McCollum can never count those guys out. Uh, They're walking buckets. They could wake up one morning and go for 50. So that would have been a fun series to watch against the Lakers. Um, And then you got the 10 seed right there with the same uh, games back as the Blazers. Um, The Pelicans, uh, who for their period of time when Zion came back, they were a very, very, very fun team to watch. Um, the Pelicans in a, in a few years are going to be the talk of the NBA, in my opinion. And um, the Kings and the Spurs right there, my Spurs, man, it was a uh, 
tough year for me as a Spurs fan. I've never haven't dealt with this in my lifetime because even when we drafted Tim Duncan, I was I was relatively young. I think I was like two or three. So growing up with nothing but success, the last twenty years has been really difficult for me to manage a twenty seven and thirty six season, <laughs> which doesn't sound near as bad. But I don't know how Knicks fans. I don't know how you guys do this every year. I'm sorry. This is brutal. I can. I. I just. It doesn't. Man, it's time to jump ship, New York. <laughs> um, but I would say surprise team for the playoffs. I would have to go to the East. Um, I really liked Miami and that four seed. Um, Miami would have been a fun team to watch because of Jimmy Buckets, and they had a Tyler Hero. And that dude, Tyler Hero from Kentucky, coming his first year this year, I believe, he uh, he, he is a definitely walking bucket for sure. That dude can drop 60 in a heartbeat. So having the heat at that fourth seed puts them in a position to, yes, they played Milwaukee in the first round. Nobody wanted to draw Giannis. The dude is – Giannis is the second best player in the NBA. And, I mean, come at me, all you NBA fans, but – until somebody takes LeBron off of that throne, he is the best player in the NBA. I'm sorry. Um, you don't have to like the guy, but you can respect his game. And I respect the heck out of LeBron, best player in the NBA. Um, another interesting team to watch, surprise, would have been probably the Sixers. Um, the Sixers split home and road was so crazy. The uh, Sixers was, were 29-2 and two at home and 10-24 and 24 on the road. And they would have been matched up with a Celtics team who is 23 and 9 at home and 20 and 12 on the road. Pretty even splits right there for the Celtics. So they would have had to sneak the game in Philadelphia. And Philadelphia would have had to sneak the game in Boston. And I like the Celtics sneaking a game in Philadelphia more than the Sixers taking a game in Boston. So, um, I mean, we all know that it would have been a one way pass for Giannis. Um, to meet up with LeBron and the Lakers. Um, the, the Clippers the Clippers and Lakers would have been a really, really fun Western Conference Finals because I don't, I don't think anybody else in the West would kind of do any damage to them. The only thing that would make it interesting is who would get the 4, 5, and 6 seed because the Jazz, Thunder, and Rockets were all right there within a game of each other. Um, whoever would have drawn that 4 seed and you would have had to hope that the Grizzlies gave the Lakers somewhat of a fight and maybe a six-game battle instead of four or five because at that point in the season, if LeBron is is rested, I'm taking LeBron in the series. Um, so that's a great question, Austin. I hope that uh, we get to see the outcome uh, once all this clears, kind of getting ready to see uh, Governor Abbott on Monday what the, what the uh, what it's going to be. So. Uh, once that opens up, it'll be uh, playoff time, so we'll see. Um, my next question is from my former assistant coach. Um, I've known this kid literally since he was born. He was a great kid, great family. Um, he actually lived with Kayla and I for a little bit. Uh, so Nick Fariano, a.k.a. Weddle, um, his question to me was, how are you so good at fungo? Man, let me tell you guys. Um it's, it's, it's all about watching videos. Um, I've watched multiple, multiple videos of how to hit fungo properly. Uh, I've had a lot of great college coaches that knew how to hit fungo and a lot of great summer coaches that knew how to hit fungo. 
So, no, uh, no, man, it's I'm not I'm not that good. Uh, I mean, I'm good enough to hit at our tryouts, but they always make fun of me at our tryouts, and I get really nervous because I don't want that family to base their decision on whether they come or not because of how bad I hit thumbbell. So I try to do as good as I can every single time. Uh, you never know who's watching, is what they say. But that's a funny question. I appreciate that. Um, another food question here from a former uh, coworker of mine, Caleb Parker. <laughs> we had this discussion one time at, a, at, at our lunch table uh, at BSN. Uh, is a muffin a cupcake without frosting? Oh, man. This conversation literally lasted an entire hour um, lunch um, between me, Caleb, and another one of my uh, one of our coworkers, Siobhan Dominguez, dude, this <laughs> this was quite possibly one of the most heated debates I've ever been in. Because one side of the table was saying, yes, it's a it's a it's a cupcake because of the shape and the texture and everything, but it's not because it's something completely different. You make muffins in a muffin pan. You don't make cupcakes in a muffin pan. You can't, but they're not going to come out as muffins. They're going to come out as cupcakes. Completely different batter, completely different texture. Um, if you put frosting on a muffin, you're weird. They have blue, they have muffins or a breakfast pastry. A cupcake is a dessert. I'm sticking with that answer. If anybody has any questions or concerns with that answer, Hit me up, and I will go into further detail as to why it is what it is. But, Caleb, that question made me reminisce on the time of BSN. That's a great question, bro. I love that. Uh, Eric Simmons, old buddy of mine from Wichita Falls, uh, played softball together. <laughs> played a little bit of golf, but he uh, he's a lot better at golf than I am, so that wasn't very fun for me. Um, so his question kind of kind of evens it out. Will, will he ever be better at me than softball is what he has. Um you know what, Eric? I think we can uh, agree to disagree that uh, I am a little bit better in softball, but you're a lot better in golf, so I would rather have that. Um, but, no, man, we, we played on a softball team out there with softball that uh, we won the state championship, I think, one, maybe two times. But it was fun, dude, um, playing with those guys out with softball. Uh, some of them make their way down here to DFW, uh, and in the off season, I try to join in with them and play as much as I can. It's It's a little difficult. My body is not built to play overnight tournaments or play 10 games in a 12-hour span anymore, um, but I do it because, you know what they say, it's the love of the game, you know? Um, so great question, <laughs> hilarious question. Um, so I appreciate that. Um, next one uh, is a three-part question from my man Brooks Hollywood Eady. i uh, known the guy since we were probably 10 or 11 years old playing baseball with each other and against each other. Um, he was a groomsman in my wedding. Great guy. Love this dude. First part of his question was, who would be my World Series prediction? Him and I uh, actually made a bit of a uh, friendly wager before the season even started, before all this, um, that, my Bra- that his Braves and my Yankees would meet in the World Series. Um, and I'm going to stick with that because I think the Braves um, surprised a lot of people last year because they were a year ahead of schedule. Um, and they've made some moves in the offseason that are going to back that up. And I think it's Braves and Dodgers in the NLCS, and the Braves get by with a Game 7 victory in Atlanta. 
Um, and my Yankees finally hit that hump of, even though the injury to Severino was huge for us before the season even started, having a guy like Garrett Cole on the mound every five days, got to love it. Uh, having a guy, having guys like Glaber Torres, Miguel Andujar, um, Aaron Judge, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, you're going to have Luke Voigt um, come back. You got Gary Sanchez. You got guys, DJ LeMakey, who my bad hit 330 last year. How could I forget that guy at the top of our lineup? Then you got Mr. Reliable, Mr. Clean, Brett Gardner. Um, and I think this was the year uh, Clint Frazier was going to crack the lineup for us. And I've been a Clint Frazier fanatic since he came to the Yankees. So I'm really excited and hope that that works out. Um, so Yankees Braves would be my World Series prediction. Part two, NFL Rookie of the Year. Uh, I'm going to have to wait and see until after the uh, the draft tonight um, to see where people land um, and give you a better idea. Obviously, you got Joe Burrow, you got Tua, you got C.D. Lamb, but you want to see where those guys end up landing for sure because if somebody lands in a position that is really going to make them thrive, you always got to give that a look. So um, early prediction would be, I think Chase Young, just because of the fact that he's going to be an immediate impact guy there in Washington. I believe they have, they have the two picks. Yeah. Um, so I believe Chase Young, the dude's a monster on the defensive end. But you also, like you said, you're going to have three quarterbacks drafted in the first probably 15 picks. So anytime a quarterback is drafted, majority of the time they're going to step in and take over the helm. So you, you can never count those guys out. Um, this third part is a very good question. Uh, the corona impact on college sports. Um, and I'm going to kind of extend this and not just say college sports, but all sports in general. Um, but college sports uh, was what he asked. So the big thing um, would be the NCAA, NAIA, NJCCAA. Um, the big thing that they did was be able to grant the student athletes in the spring sports an extra year of eligibility. That was huge. You don't want to be the bad guys in that situation. You want to give the schools a choice, and you want to give the kids their voice and their choice to make their decision. So the fact that the NCAA did that is huge because you got guys that um, you don't want to say journeymen in, in, in college sports, but you got guys that are there that are that are team guys that grind and, and work so hard each and every day. And for them to get rewarded an extra year of schooling and an extra year to be able to play the game that they probably weren't going to be able to play, that's big. Because you don't realize how big of an impact college sports make on somebody until you've actually played them. And I can attest to this because I've made some of the best friends in my life through my college baseball team. We still talk to this day. We have a golf tournament once a year. We do all of that. But seeing all those guys that you were in the weight room with at 4 o'clock in the morning, you were on the bus with for 12 hours driving all the way through Texas and Oklahoma in the middle of nowhere. Those are the moments that you don't forget, and those are the memories that are held with you forever. And now those same guys that were in the bus going crazy with you playing mafia are husbands or dads, and they're, they're giving back to their to their respective communities by coaching and working and doing all those things. And that's something that is lost in all of this is their kids. Let them be kids. 
let them play the sport that they love for as long as they can. Because once Father Time comes knocking and says, hey, it's time to hang them up, they're going to hate it. So if they can extend that another season, then so be it. I'm glad they made that decision. Now, the second part of that would be, I hope, I hope, I hope this doesn't extend into the fall sports because there's been talks of a lot of athletic programs shutting down if they don't have a football season because that's their big money-making season. Their big revenue time is college football. So if you don't have that, how can an athletic department make money? How can you tell boosters? How can you tell fans, hey, come to the games, buy merchandise, eat a hot dog at the game, get a bag of – get some nachos, bag of peanuts, whatever it may be, if there's no games to attend, they're not making money. And you don't want to see athletic programs falter and fall because of this. I hope, I hope, I hope that um, once Governor Abbott makes his decision on the 27th, that people will actually listen and be able to to contain themselves in moderation. Because my biggest fear is all this open backs up, and people are going to act like none of this happened. And it's going to happen because there's a lot of stupid people in the world. Um, Heck, I might be one of them. Who knows? But the thing is, moderation means moderation. If there's a person limit, if there's a time limit, please follow it, people, because you may think this is all a hoax, but this is something that's actually, I mean, the virus is real. Whether you think that all of the stuff going on around it is fake or not, the virus is a real thing. My wife is in the front lines three days a week working 12-hour shifts, and she deals with some COVID patients. It's a real thing. So don't come at me with it's not a real virus, it's all a media hoax. Hey, the virus is real. There's no other fans of butts. Did the media make it a little bit crazier? Probably. I don't know. Nobody knows. So don't – I don't – I don't deal with people that say things like that, so um, I try to refrain from commenting on things like that because there's a time and a place, and over social media is not the time. If somebody was sitting here face-to-face and said something like that, that'd be a different story. But um, for me, uh, Corona has had a big impact on all of these sports, man, and um, I just hope that we can get back to some sort of a normalcy in the next few weeks because – uh, Lord knows I need it. Uh, I miss my kids, man. I miss coaching. I miss giving lessons. I miss throwing batting practice and acting like I'm going to hit a kid in the head um, and making him relax and just laugh and enjoy his time because, um, like I said, when Father Time comes knocking on that door and he's not playing baseball anymore, um, it stings. It stings real bad. So thank you for those questions, Edie. Those, those are some good questions, man. And I'll get back to the rookie of the year once the draft ends for sure. Um, Kind of previewing next week's episode, uh, I am going to do a draft recap from the Dallas Cowboys. So I'll kind of go through pick by pick and what I thought, give it a grade, um, and that'll probably be sometime next week. I'm going to wait a few, wait a few days, let the dust settle on this first one, let people listen to it for a little bit. Um, so uh, my man Masputo Bonavaro, uh, he asked me a question and realized he asked the same question uh, that I answered on the intro. So shout out to you for actually uh, reading and paying attention before I had to call you out. Um, he was the one that suggested the NFL draft recap. I'm already doing it. Um, he wanted just to kind of know why I started the podcast. Um, and then the, my take on high school seniors missing their spring season. Um, so 
why I started the podcast, you guys know. I just just wanted to get my thoughts and opinions out there for people to listen to and just have conversations because uh, I miss debating with people sometimes. So just wanted to get my thoughts and opinions for people to kind of listen and see if I can reach somebody that didn't quite have an opinion on something. And now they have changed their thoughts on why they think of certain things. So um, my thoughts on high school seniors missing uh, their spring season. Oh, man. Um, it's a tough one. It, it, I could not imagine this being my senior year and not getting to play baseball with all my friends one last time in high school. Because I remember how fun it was playing high school baseball, um, putting on that high school uniform and having fans there at the, at the field, um, cheering you on and trying trying your best to represent the school to the best of your ability. Um, and also that, like I said, the same thing in college, the camaraderie, the bus trips. Um, I know in high school for me specifically, uh, we made a lot of trips to Corpus and Victoria, and Bucky's was a stop we would always make. You can't go on a road trip without Bucky's, and that's where it all started. I remember my my another one of my groomsmen and I, Ryan Hathaway. I think we spent probably fifty bucks at Bucky's one time on fudge and nothing else. We got back to the bus and we were like, we didn't get a drink, did we? But we didn't care because we had fifty dollars worth of fudge. Now we cared about two hours later when we got back home to Austin, but um. Man, the impact on seniors is, is huge, man. It's it's the time that they're not getting to go to their proms. They're not getting to do the things that we took for granted in high school. Um, play that last home game on senior night, have your parents out there with you on the field. Uh, things like that that just you can't give back to a kid. Um, and it's tough. And it, and, and it, the, the alternative is, you have kids who are looking for this senior year to be their big season that got them looked at and signed somewhere. Um, and now what? Um, that's the tough part right there is for a kid who didn't make a decision on national signing day because he wanted to wait and take a bet on himself. And now he didn't get a chance to showcase his skills. He had 10 games, 10 to 12 games, I believe that played the, the tournament and that's about it. Um, but is that enough for a college coach to say what we saw in your first three seasons, we wanted to see a bit more, a different side of your game? And did they see it for those 10 games enough for them to pull the trigger? That's the tough part. Now, if you, like if a kid needed to work on his, his stolen base, say the kid hit for powers, say the kid was, was a hoss defensively, but college coaches said, we want to see you be able to steal a little bit more bases. It's 10 games of enough of a time to see the kids steal seven bases, and that be enough? Or did they want to see the kids steal 25 to 30 bases in the high school season? Because 25 to 30 in the high school season translates to 10 to 15 at the college level, and that's a pretty decent steal rate. So um, great question for sure, man, because that's that goes along with Brooks's question. Is just the impact on sports in general, impact on life in general. Um, I mean – When's the last time we were able to actually go somewhere and, and, and do something? It's been a month. So thankfully I have a, a pair of clippers here at the house, and I was able to cut my hair, uh, do my own beard and things like that, or else I'd look like uh, Tom Cruise or, and, and Tom Hanks and Castaway. You know, I'd be over here, Wilson, but I'd be yelling at the baseball, you know. <laughs> so um, great question. Appreciate you. Um, Trey Compton, Trey straight out of South Carolina, not Compton. <laughs> His question, uh, my wife's uh, 
26th birthday last year. We threw a surprise party at, at our house, uh, and I invited a couple guys from BSN. He was one of the ones that came through. His question was, why did you let a South Carolina boy come in and wax you in drinking games? Um, well, Trey, the, game, the drinking games you play a little bit different than what we've played here in Texas. Uh, for instance, folks, he put four beers on the table and said, all right, let's play a game. And we're like, all right, cool, what are we playing? Trey's response was, first one to drink four beers wins. And I've never seen a human being drink four beers as fast as I saw Trey drink those beers. Um, yeah, we played some other games as well, but that right there, if that's how you guys play drinking games in South Carolina, remind me to not go watch a Clemson or South Carolina football game because I don't think I would survive. But, hey, I miss you, dude. Hope you're doing well up there in South Carolina. Uh, need to make your way down to Texas, and we'll play some more Texas games down here. Uh, come to the new crib and get together, hang out. Miss you, dude. Hope you're taking uh, care of yourself over there. A good question from my buddy Matt Cooper. Um, we uh, played uh, summer ball together in the Dominican Republic on a mission trip. Uh, met some of the best people I've ever met in my life on this mission trip, um, both uh, ones that were on the trip and also just meeting some of the, the kids that, out there in the Dominican that are still trying to follow their dream, playing minor league ball. I follow some of them. Some of them are not the double-A, triple-A level, and I was playing against them when they were 14 and 15, and the dudes are better than some of the college guys I were facing. So um, this question, which is probably uh, in the scheme of baseball conversations, this is the question that people are going to be asking for a long time. Um, Mike Trout or King Griffey Jr.? Man, great question. Great, great question, Coop. Um, in a sense of – I have to break this down in multiple multiple ways, okay? The first one is obviously hitting. Uh, Mike Trout is on pace to shatter records, and I will, I will take this opinion to the grave with me. If Ken Griffey Jr. doesn't have as many injuries as he does, he is the home run king. He is in conversation the best baseball player ever. The man still had, I believe, over 600 home runs and was hurt for the equivalent of maybe three seasons, four seasons in his prime. So that's tough. Um, Hitting-wise, I've got to give the edge right now just a bit to, to Trout. That's tough, dude. That's a tough, tough question. Man, that's a tough one. Defensively, uh, I don't think there's anybody better than King Griffey Jr. in center field. Um, as far as just smoothness, there's a lot, yeah, I know. But from what I've seen growing up, the only one close, man, I, I don't know, there's Mike Trout. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you got Kenny Lawson who controlled center field. You got Jim Edmonds. Um, you've had a lot of good center fielders come through. Um, but – Defensively, what Griffey did, make he made it look so easy. He was so smooth. He glided in the outfield. It just looks different when a left, left-handed left outfielder is catching a fly ball than a right-handed outfielder. They just made it look so much cooler. I've always wanted to be able to catch a fly ball left-handed and pinch it and throw him back in. Griffey did it the best. Um, man, okay, so hitting defense covered, it's a top right there. It's a push, right? Um, now... Base stealing-wise, it's tough to say because Trout kind of stopped trying to steal bases for a while, which 
I think he was focusing more on his power and wanting to get that aspect of his game. But Griffey was a 40-40 guy, 50-50 guy maybe. I don't think there's any 50-50 guys in the MLB. Let's see. Let's see. Ronald Acuna wants to be the first one. Yelich wants to be one. Uh, I believe maybe Willie Mays might be one of the only ones. Um, so that's that's a good question. Um, the thing that gives me the edge in this Trout and Griffey conversation. Okay, so 40-40 clubs. Soriano in 06, A-Rod in 98, Bonds in 96, Canseco in 88, uh, 30-30 club. Man, there's, there's tons of them. It is. The list goes on forever. Bond, Sosa, Strawberry, Eric Davis, Joe Carter, uh, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Barry Larkin's in there, um, Larry Walker, Dante Pichette. And, I mean, all these names are here, Hall of Famers, you know? Um, so, dude, the edge for me in the Trout and Griffey conversation, I know it's not really like that per se but it would be his marketability and I think that's where Griffey has the edge is because kids know who King Griffey Jr. is because of his cleat because of swing man you know that logo is so recognizable and the MLB has slack in that sense of being able to market their players the proper way in my opinion which is why guys like Trevor Bauer Mike Clevenger um those guys are trying to make conversations to be had about their marketability and what the MLB can do to make their marketability a little bit better. So I think to me, Griffey holds the edge until Trout is done playing and then we can finally have the conversation because Trout's still adding to his legacy. Once Trout is retired, done playing, his legacy is complete, then we can have this conversation again. So King Griffey Jr., strictly because of the marketability, and the, 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 the Swingman logo, um, the, the dude wore a sleeveless uniform. I mean, the, it goes on and on. The backwards hat in the Homer Derbies. The dude was the definition of swagger while playing baseball, and that's what the generation now is trying to do again, is play with that swagger, that intensity, the, the Acunas, the Albies, the Tim Andersons, uh, the Javier Baez, the Gleyber Torres. Uh, you've got those guys wanting to play with that swag and that 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 look. So for me, King Griffey Jr., but that is a really, really good question. Come back to me in 10 years, and we'll have that conversation, and we can sit down because I've been able to see both of them in their primes and let you know. So hit that conversation up in 10 years, Coop. And let's see here. I just actually received one through Instagram from my man Brooks Rock down in Cali. Um, he asked me, what do you think about Florida opening up the floodgates for public use of beaches and et cetera? I like, I like the use of floodgates right there. That's a little punny. Um, man, that's uh, – he says, hashtag Florida going to be Florida. Um, yeah, Florida's going to be Florida, man. And like I said, if people were able to do it in moderation, and I think Florida's the worst state to talk about moderation at, so – I don't agree with it, uh, and I think people have just pushed governors and, and and people who make the decisions to make a, a rash decision like this and not wait until the 30th when everything was supposed to be done 
Um, at least here in Texas. I don't know what it is in Florida. I don't know if they ever shut anything down in Florida, to be honest. They were just like, hey, man, yeah, let's not go to the beach like that much anymore. Um, so, um, man, um, actually, Kayla and I just had this conversation. I said, I, I think when all this comes about, starting Monday and Abbott opens up uh, retail stores and nail salons and things like that, I think there's going to be a little wave of uh, violence. I don't want to say, like, full-on, like, crazy violence. But I do think that there will be a moment in time where if somebody's trying to get into a store and somebody's telling them, sorry, you can't come in right now, we're hit our limit, you would have to wait until somebody leaves. Somebody's going to get mad and somebody's going to bulldoze their way into coals. Like, seriously, there's going to be something like that that happens and somebody's going to get a minor arrest because they bulldoze their way into to coals and push an employee over. It's going to happen. We all know it's going to happen. And that's the scary part is, people won't be able to control in moderation. And that's going to be the difficult part for us as humans to understand is, look, moderation means moderation. Don't go crazy and spend three hours at Coles and then go spend three hours at Target and then go spend three hours at Ross and then go to TJ Maxx for two hours. Don't make a whole day out of shopping when everybody else is out shopping already again. That's not going to be smart. Um, but, you know, it's going to happen. We all know it is. Um, man, miss you, Brooks. Hope you and uh, Marissa are doing good. Uh, hope you guys make a way down to Texas pretty soon. Oh, man. <laughs> the last couple questions of the, uh, of, the, of the podcast coming from none other than Mr. Podcast himself, Robbie Gutierrez, my best man in my wedding, my best friend, former college roommate. Uh, he had quite a bit of questions come through Twitter. Um, some good ones, <laughs> some hilarious ones, some ones that I won't answer. Um, let's see here. First one, uh, <laughs> do you remember the time you had a chance to run rule your formal school? When I was at Northwood, uh, I was at Houston Hillison my freshman year in college, transferred to Northwood. Uh, HT came to Northwood for a series. Uh, I pinched hit in the bottom of the seventh. We were up nine. We are getting ready to run roll them. We had runners at back in third with two outs. Or with one out, I believe. And I'm up 2-0 in the count, and I'm super excited because I'm like, yo, I'm about to do this. I already know Coach K has the lineup card. He's ready to give it to me. He's going to he's gonna make some joke in the huddle, and I'm going to get the lineup card, and I'm going to hang it up in my locker, and I'm going to look and laugh every single day because there were people who told me that I was making the wrong decision and just to settle, and, man, I was looking forward to it. Up 2-0 on the count. It was my former buddy, Isaiah Guerrero, and he's looking at me. I'm looking at him, and I'm like, you know you don't want to throw that fastball. I'm sitting dead red fastball, got the leg kick. I'm there, and it's a changeup. And I roll over to first base and I hit the ball probably 30 miles an hour, exit below. I've never been so embarrassed and disappointed in myself in that, in that moment. <laughs> um, and that was a tough moment because then I got back to the dugout, and the first people there to greet me were Robbie and Coach K. Um, and, yeah, they didn't take it easy. They, and they were, I think that was the, the joke of the year because that was the year we ended up going to the World Series. And so – <laughs> they made fun of me any chance they got. I think we were, I mean, Robbie made fun of me any chance he got 
it was we would play the show and he'd be like, Hey mate, make sure you don't roll over to first base if you have a chance to win a game right here. And man, it was it was funny. It was it was good times for sure. Um <laughs> at your wedding your wife threatened me as the best man if we got you too lit before the ceremony. And I just wanted to say I was scared because we definitely had you lit. Um, I told her this and she got mad for a split second and I was like, No, 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 like we weren't like New Orleans lit. We were just like Weatherford wedding venue lit like just cornhole and mimosas and yeah and she was like you were drunk and I was like no wasn't drunk promise you I was good so thanks for that Robbie I'll have another conversation with my wife tonight about that for sure um (laughs) there once was a mule who fell down a well how did that mule survive can I shed some light on that (laughs) um (laughs) oh man that was one of the great that was one of Greatest slash worst pregame speeches from a teammate, Roman Gomez, Alex, Texas, South Texas native. I hope you're doing well, uh, Rowell. But, man, that story, I think Roman thought he was going to get everybody so hyped. And he was telling us this story about the mule that fell in the well and how the mule had to fight his way up through the well, and we were the mule. And we just looked at him and we were like, did he just call us mules? And he was like, you guys following me? And we were like, uh, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, we're the mules, yeah. And everybody walked away and we were like, what in the world did he just say? But just like Coach Shane and Coach Robbie made fun of me, we made fun of Roman the rest of the year about the mule. Um, that's, that's great. I don't know how I forgot about that for a little bit. That's a good one right there. Um, and he goes, okay, last one. Where was more consumed, in the dorm or the parking lot of Cowboys? And do you still only drink Dr. Pepper to get lit? Um, <laughs> where was more consumed in the dorm? Um, yeah, uh, definitely not in the dorm because we didn't do that at Northwood, Rob. Remember, we we don't do that on campus at Northwood. Um, and the parking lot of Cowboys was a wild time. That was some fun memories that we had there. Uh, only drink Dr. Pepper to get lit. No, man. There's some there's some seltzers mixed in there for sure. Uh, can never go wrong with seltzers. Um, the last one that I won't answer will be give me a detailed explanation or give us a detailed explanation of the ER trip in Oklahoma City. Um, yeah, that's a different story that people, if they want to know, they can ask me, but I promise, promise you I'm not going to tell them. That's a story that does not get shared quite often. Um, and I'm going to leave it to Rob because he's probably going to tell people about it. So, um, crazy fun times that we had there in Northwood. Some great questions right there. Um, man, so those are all the questions that I had come in. Um, so, like I said, the draft is tonight. I'll be listening, uh, following the draft virtually like Jerry Jones. Uh, I read something that Jerry said he's going to be at his house alone making the picks. That scares me as a Cowboys fan. Who knows what Jerry Jones is going to be doing? Uh, there's going to be nobody there to talk him out of it. Um, I'm pretty sure he got new locks on his door, so even his son, Stephen, can't come in. So um, follow the draft, um, and I'll give a draft recap sometime next week after I look at all the picks that we made, kind of break it down, and uh, wait a couple days because I'm sure that um, there will be some trades that hit after the draft, Um, some free agents being signed. Um, Big one people are talking about is Des Bryant, will he make a return? to Dallas. I hope so. I would love to see 88 back on the sidelines throwing up the X. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, if not, he'll probably go to Kansas City and just be another weapon for Pat Mahomes. Um, so, 
appreciate you guys listening to the first episode. Um, like I said, it's now on Apple Podcasts, so I'll post the link. Um, give it a listen. Let me know what you think, and we'll give it. Uh, we'll keep give. We'll keep doing this as long as people keep listening. I guess so. Appreciate you. OG out.